All right, well, welcome everyone to today's Fiduciary Fitness Podcast. My name is Colin Clark, and I'm really excited to introduce today's guest and today's topic. Today, we're gonna be talking about ESG investing or responsible investing. So I'm excited to introduce uh, Megan Fielding, and she's a Senior Director for Responsible Investing from Nuveen, and uh, you probably know Nuveen. They are the investment arm of TIA. They are one of the largest asset managers uh, in the world. And so who better to uh, bring on board today to talk about uh, what we call ESG investing. And of course, we are an acronym-free zone. So I'm going to ask Megan to tell us what ESG stands for. So welcome, Megan. Thank you, Colin. It's great to be here. So you've been spending a lot of time in this space and uh, there are a lot of questions around it. It's an up-and-coming segment of, of investing and, and we're getting a lot of questions about it. Can you define what ESG is and what responsible investing looks like? Sure. And to your point about jargon, there's tons of jargon, you know, not just in financial services and and in life, but especially in this space. So what one organization might call ESG investing, another might call impact investing, another might call sustainable finance. Here at Naveen, we actually have an umbrella term called responsible investing. And what we include in responsible responsible investing is kind of everything where it's an investment approach that incorporates environmental, social, and governance factors into our investment analysis, our portfolio construction, the ongoing monitoring across asset classes, really with the objective of enhancing long-term performance, managing risk, and creating opportunity. And so ESG, to your question, are really the factors that are applied in the investment management process. So when we talk about asset classes, right, for, for people that aren't necessarily familiar, we're talking about stocks and bonds, cash. Those are some basic asset classes. Can you apply this strategy to any asset class? And can you give us some examples? Absolutely. So in public equities, you can apply environmental social factors to your security selection. For example, you might be looking at a manufacturing company and you know, going through really the last year with the global pandemic, uh, it might be important to look at if they've had to furlough employees, how has that impacted their manufacturing process? Has that delayed manufacturing? Are they bringing back employees? Uh, and if so, under what type of conditions? From a governance perspective, what does the governance of that company look like in terms of diversity with the understanding that having more diverse structures in place throughout management as well as the entire workforce leads to more informed decisions, having diverse uh, viewpoints, et cetera. So that's from, you know, just one example, but that can really be applied across asset classes. So if you're looking at a private investment, like a private equity fund, you know, underlying the fund structure itself are individual investments, portfolio companies. So with each company, again, looking through the lens of environmental, social, and governance, understanding those facets of the business helps you as an investor to make more informed decisions. Well, that, no, that sounds great. So, so why do you think this has become so popular? Lots of reasons. If we, if we go back to sort of the origins, so back in you know, the 70s, I would say that, that a lot of people look at the 1970s as the origins of responsible investing. And if you think about what happened in the 1960s into the 70s, there was a lot of increased social awareness of, of society. So you know, we had the Vietnam War, we had a number of disruptive events take place in society, civil unrest. Um, 
um, marches, et cetera, about social injustice. And that led investors to start asking their portfolio managers about what companies they were investing in. And if they had very strong reactions towards them, they asked for those companies not to be in the portfolio. So an example was with the increased awareness around apartheid, investors asked their fund managers to take out companies that were doing business or located in South Africa. And so over the decades, you know, the industry evolved. And so what's driving it now, I would say a combination of the continuing awareness and spread of social awareness. So last year, especially, you know, between a global pandemic and the social unrest with, you know, unfortunate events that that took place here in, in the United States led to more investors asking the question, what am I investing in? Do I I feel good about that, you know, more from a values perspective. But really the other component is the investment case for environmental, social, and governance. You know, it has been determined or it's been proven that responsible investing can contribute to alpha. So alpha meaning better performance versus your benchmark. It can also help a portfolio manager improve the risk management process. And then third, it can also create investment opportunities. So new investments are coming to the market through the lens of environmental, social, or governance and being marketed that way. Green bonds, for example, are um, a good illustration of new securities coming into the fixed income market through that environmental lens, so to speak. Well, actually, you kind of stole my next question because I was going to say, you know, <laughs> growing up in this business over the past couple of decades, the, the knock on, you know, ESG investing or socially responsible investing is that it just didn't produce the kind of returns uh, compared to other actively managed uh, funds. Is that a fair assessment? Um, no. <laughs> um, so, so, um, so, but, but, but what you've expressed is really the perception by people mm-hmm. from, you know, sort of, I would say a, a period of time or their own personal experience when it was probably in the 1970s or the eighties. And that experience was when they went to their fund managers and they said, take out XYZ company because I don't like that they're doing business in South Africa, or I don't like that they're manufacturing guns or defense weapons. And so those things were taken out, we call that exclusionary, but they weren't necessarily replaced with anything else. And so, you know, throughout the quarters, the benchmark still had those securities or those industries represented the portfolio for that client was absent those sections. And over time, many of them underperformed because some of those sectors did very well. And so that led to some of the evolution taking place or that took place and continues to take place from more of an inclusionary perspective. So rather than just knowing what you're you're opposed to from a values-based perspective, what is it that we're trying to accomplish? So for example, one area is with ESG leaders. So if we we recognize the attributes of ESG, you know, finding the leaders in each sector so that we take advantage of those or we, we narrow down the research process to focus in on those. So over time, you know, many decades, really performance has shown if, if you would have invested, say, like back in 1990, when the first index started from a social responsible investing index perspective, and that would be the MSCI KLD 400 social index, there's really no give up in performance versus the S&P 500 or the Russell 3000 over that period through 2020 on a risk adjusted basis. So there's been a, there's been a great uh, evolution. And so as I put my advisor hat on, you know, we consult on as a fiduciary on many um, 401k, 403b plans and the like. As I mentioned in the lead up to this call, you know, I recently saw a list from an unnamed provider that had 
hundreds and hundreds of quote unquote ESG funds on the list. You know, if I'm an advisor, I'm a plan sponsor, like what, you know, what kind of criteria, like, are they all now, is everyone ESG? Like how, how can I scrutinize that a little bit deeper? Yeah, it's a really important question because what you're getting at is how do I know who's the real deal? Right. And so there is a term in the industry called greenwashing and greenwashing is pretty much what is what it says it is. It's just sort of sprinkling everything or painting everything green. I'm not taking my that. car through that. I'm not taking my car through a greenwash. <laughs> you don't want a green car. And there's so much pollen uh, right now that, that my car, I just got to wash and it is green. So we're not talking about that, okay. right? <laughs> no, no. Greenwashing is really this term to, to recognize that a lot of firms are phenomenal marketing machines, right? So they glum onto activities that are driving behavior. And in this case, as you mentioned earlier, more and more investors are looking at ESG and investing in that direction. Last year saw record flows with over $50 billion. The year prior was a little under half of that was a record setting year as well. So more and more funds come to the market to try to attract future dollars. So how do you know who's the real deal and who's not? You really have to do your due diligence, working with an advisor, working with you know consultant who can really dig into that organization, do conduct the due diligence to understand who they are, how they're what their approach is, how they're investing, what their monitoring of those securities are, as well as their sell decisions and their ongoing maintenance and and the reporting out. I think that's also an important component. It's one thing to say you're doing something, but really demonstrating through a report to show what you're really investing is in is important. No, that's that's an excellent point. And I think that's a great segue um, as we kind of move into part two of this discussion. How are plans and plan sponsors utilizing ESG and, and socially responsible investing funds? So uh, Megan, I want to thank you so much for your time today. And I'm looking forward to uh, part two of our discussion. Great. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll see everyone soon. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy our show, We'd love for you to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you access your podcasts. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice offered through Global Retirement Partners, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Global Retirement Partners, Washington Financial Group, a division of Hub International Mid-Atlantic and Hub International are not affiliated with LPL Financial. Global Retirement Partners, LPL Financial, Washington Financial Group, and Hub International are not affiliated in any way with the services offered by any guest on this show. Hopefully that, uh, hopefully Jeff can edit that, right? <laughs>